Hey guys, it's Isaac here. I wanted to reach out to you before the show got started in earnest. Um, this episode, Sunmaker's Way, is an equally very exciting episode for us as we finally got rid of our old mixer, which was letting in strand like random radio signals and whatever the heck was getting picked up from like the ether, uh, and giving us really high quality sound. That being said, I got to be upfront with you guys and let you know that this episode might have some sensitive content for some of our viewers. I don't want to spoil the show too much, but I will say if you are sensitive to suicide, um, then this might be partially an episode that you might want to skip. Uh, there could be some triggering content. Um, I don't know your history and you don't necessarily know ours and i want you to know that the things we get into in this show we've talked about as a crew uh we all kind of know what everyone's comfort level is and from us to you as the audience we're trying to build an awesome drama that's immersive in soundscapes um immersive in our storytelling and we're not going to be um, we're not going to shy away from some of the darker elements of humanity. Uh, there are things that we're probably not going to get into, but um, this is one of those things that is going to come up in this episode. And so we love you, Spacers. Um, I hope this isn't a turnoff for you. And if you end up skipping out in this episode, don't worry. We'll have that Neuralink recap and the next episode after will be there for you. As always... Much love, and we wish you uh, a great holiday season closing out soon and going into hopefully a brighter and better year of 2021. All right, Isaac out. D -d -d Dr. Dwindle DS here. Tourist, sleazy car salesman extraordinaire, you look new, or did you just get a facelift? Either way, you look magnanimous today. You know who else is magnanimous? Starlight. That's right, this podcast. I mean, an adventure with me. In it, what's not to like? Welcome to my show. Let me show you around at the fair price of a listen, review, or subscribe. All of these things go a long way to help other spacers find the show. And if you're feeling extra special, then consider checking out the Patreon. Do what makes you most comfortable. Just help a d d d dwindle stay in business. Hey, welcome to Starlight. Glad to have you guys. And man, it's December, it's almost the holidays. I can't believe we've been doing this for so long. I know, how long have we been at it now? Oh, like three months. Yeah. Really? Feels like, like a long years. time. I, I know. Yeah. Uh, these people are demanding yeah, maybe too I'm just much. spending too much time with you guys. Yeah, I would actually say so. <laughs> how are you guys feeling? How are you, like, you guys enjoying this so far? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was actually, I was actually talking to Clive the other day. He, uh, he's, he's quite enjoying himself. He, he's very happy. He learned how to ballroom dance. Never expected it to be from a, from an elephant, but yeah, he, he, a, he was telling me that him, him, McKenna and Atlas got together the other day for some drinks and they had a good time. He's a part, he's a, literally the other half of you, like a Jekyll mm -hmm. and Clyde yeah. situation. Jekyll and Clive. 
Oh, at you. Alrighty, folks, and that's the episode. <laughs> All right. But seriously, guys, thanks for joining in. We are so happy to have you here. Uh, as we close in potentially on the Sunmaker. Sorry. <laughs> on my right, we have... Courtney Yorks, and I'm playing McKenna Ali. And on my left, we have... Sam Williams playing Clive Jensen. And on my left, we have... Your host and GM, Isaac. And unfortunately, Atlas will not be able to join us this time, but don't worry, he has plans. And, uh, well, why don't we jump into the action? What are his plans? You'll find out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Neuralink, would you please mind accessing memories? Accessing. Following Thyra's guide, a boy of no more than 14 helped the spacer steal some rich folks' vehicles to McKenna's dismay and ride them to the crevice at the foothills of the Animas. Heading in, they discover a wondrous cave complex with mycelium as big as they are and a host of secret things, one of which being the dead body of a woman wrapped in gauze, possibly the missing woman that Hillier, the informat, was looking for. Descending further into the cavern, the spacers had their breath taken away by the ancient Loxodonian temple dedicated to the path, the religion and guiding force of McKenna's people. McKenna opened the door using her trunk to undo a mechanism specific to the elephant people and lead the three within. Structured like one of her textbook's outlines of these temples, McKenna was able to lead them to the inner sanctum, only to be ambushed by a hooded figure with tiefling-like qualities. Running the assailant off, a grenade was thrown that collapsed the hallway in the way back out of the temple. Pushing ahead, they discovered a forty-foot effigy of a multi-trunked deity holding a brazier of flames above its head. At its lotus base, twelve pillows with long decaying bodies could be seen. Memories retrieved. <laughs> so go ahead let's jump in we begin with McKenna getting two points of inspiration one voted in by uh, members of the Starlight community and one voted in by the group really? yes thank you Starlight community yeah what the heck guys <laughs> they Come specifically on. said no Clive jeez so our this ragtag group um have pulled themselves out of the rubble, uh, battered and a bit bruised, but not the worst that it's ever been. Um, and you guys clear the rubble into the main chamber of like the, the worship hall. Um, you guys again, look ahead and it's, uh, it's where a natural cavern meets this masoned, uh, temple. But unlike the other parts where it's of the, of the temple, where it's much more, man-made, Loxdonian-made, however you want to say it. It's more like the actual cave itself is the accent. The stalactites, the stalagmites, they're all there. Um, and you guys can see about 20 feet out a rough gravel, rocky, some mushroom and mycelium growing out of the, the, the floors and off of some of the, the larger pieces of rock that jut out. And you see about 20 feet out, and you can see that the that the there's almost like a little short cliff maybe that drops down 
uh, and just past that, even though you can't see the bottom because of where you guys are standing just in, in the hallway, having cleared the rubble, you can make out the golden brass head of a giant loxodon, almost Buddhist-like statue. It has a single trunk that comes up above its head and there are flames roaring in a giant brazier. Uh, you can see two tusks that are golden and upon closer look at the tusks, you can see that they're actually pipes though, that uh, the thin part of the structure kind of goes and connects into the trunk, which is holding the flames. Um, there is a ever so like light drip of water from somewhere else. So kind of you getting this like echo, like, and it is, it is not, you can feel the warmth of the fire kind of like, it's a, you know, it's easily probably two times the size of a large bonfire. That's how big this thing is. Um, and you can feel it kind of bathing your bodies, feeling you with warmth. But there's also a chill to the air uh, for any, like when you start to kind of come in to the chamber, any the parts of your body that aren't facing the fire, you can feel like this kind of like cold rush of air. Um, so the air is not stagnant in here. You come to the edge of the cliff and you look down and at the bottom, at the base of this lotus positioned uh, Loxodon, uh, as McKenna said, the visage of the way, you can see a multitude of uh, meditation pillows, bodies that are decaying um, at all, all around. You can see like the dark marks of like dried blood, but none like so stark as the giant almost Loxodon sized pillow that sits at the base of the statue and the brown mottled bits of what you assume is blood that has almost sprayed backwards across the belly of this statue of the way. There is no apparent way down from what you can see. And you guys kind of like look about and eventually you see some like rough hewn like uh, ladders that have been carved into the rock itself that leads the 20 feet down. What do you want to do? Well, McKenna, doesn't look like we have much of a choice here, considering uh, our way back is, seems to be blocked off. Do you recognize this place at all? And, or that statue, does that statue look familiar to you? Is that maybe one of your family members? To confirm, this looks like Nugubu, correct? No. No. The statue? Yeah. It looks nothing like Nugubu. No. It looks like the uh, standard image of the way. Okay. Um, well, we should maybe just investigate what's happening here a little bit more and maybe see how long those dead bodies have been there. Um, and then I would recommend let's go down and check things out some more. Well, I do have a rope. I think uh, I think we can find a good place to tie it off just to provide a little bit more uh, support before we start heading down there. Yeah. I feel like these uh, makeshift uh, ladder rungs probably aren't the best, especially for someone of, well, your size. Uh, you, you do realize how insulting that is when you say that. 
but do keep in mind this was built for Loxodons, um, and so I'm sure it can hold my weight. All right, well, I'm still gonna use the rope just in case. Don't mind the uh, accidents. I'm gonna take the ladder down to where the bodies are. Okay. Um, and just investigate how long they've been there. Um, if anyone's heart looks like it's missing, um, yeah. Right. Doing the whole and then I'm going to follow her down there, but before that, I'm going to look around to see if there's somewhere I can tie a rope off to just in case uh, something happens and we need to get back up. Yeah, so go ahead and make a survival check. Uh, 14. That's a good roll. So you find a good rock uh, to tie it to. When you go up, there's a like purple mycelium mushroom that's kind of coming up. And as you approach, similar to all of the uh, greenery shrubbery up on the surface, when you approach and it, you get closer, it back into itself, uh, leaving almost like a, like something like a barnacle. Almost. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So oh, you okay. tie it around, you secure it, and you are able to climb down. As you're starting to climb, there is, you just hear the flicking of a You look up, Atlas is leaning on the side with his ax and he lights a cigarette and takes a big, deep inhale and then lets it out. And he says, I'm gonna go check out, make sure that our flanks are covered. And nods and starts to kind of like heft the axe as you see like just spurts of red energy lines that are along the sides of his body kind of start to kind of spurt and blink back to blue so he starts walking that way just just the echoes of his footsteps all right well if you end up running into any trouble atlas you'll be sure to let us know we'll come uh we'll come help you yeah Roger that. And they kind of echoes back. Clive, there's times when I feel comforted by Clive's presence, or sorry, by Alice's presence, and other times where I feel thankful he's not near. And in this moment, I feel a combo of both. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, he doesn't seem to be very friendly towards you all the time, so. Or anyone. Or, that is true, that is true. He. <laughs> I think he might be going through some, you know, he did lose his pilot. I think he's still dealing with a little bit of that. I think there's uh, probably more to him. He'll let us in. I'm sure he'll let us in at some point. I think he, he killed someone near him, near to him. Well, then I guess you guys have something relatable, don't you? I did not kill her. All right, all right. Let's just keep looking around. We don't need to get into this again. Go ahead and make an investigation check, McKenna. And I also, when you're done with that, I want you to go ahead and make a, uh, I think, biology check. That would be an 11 for the investigation. Mm-hmm. And a 19 for the biology. Okay. So you start looking around. There are... Mm, the bodies all seem to be, in general, again, the most populous group that is spread around are humans. Uh, you, you, They all seem to be roughly of that vein. Some of them could be half-elves, uh, but it's hard to tell. There are like one or two halflings 
Um, no hearts. There are 12, not including the missing body of whoever was sitting on the giant pillow. There... They are missing no hearts like you went like you were looking for. But mm-hmm. you see that most of the heads, actually all of them, seem to have one pinpoint and Clive, you're able to pick this up really quick. It's death by suicide, it looks like. Or someone lined them up and shot them through the mouth. Wow. Wow. Now while she is investigating the bodies. Can I do a quick investigation on the rest of the room to kind of see if there's anything else substantial or anything anything I might I might be able to salvage? Yeah, I want you to go ahead and make an investigation check as well. I'm loving this box right now. Seventeen. Seventeen. All right. So, kind of put your head down. Start looking around for uh, let's say things to salvage. Um, as you are kind of circling around, and, and again, you're mostly checking the bodies, right, yeah. in, in the, that specific area, you see that there are a, a series of where the ground is like kind of rough dirt in general that's been disturbed and dust and probably from many of the earthquakes. Uh, you, you, you do see that it's been disturbed recently. You can see like that... Like, maybe not recently as in, like, within the past few minutes, but maybe. But you can see, like, fresh boots. Um, They seem to be smaller, more like, almost like child-sized boots, but boots nonetheless of the tread. And you also see giant tracks that are, you, you could put, Clive, you could put your hands and feet in it and you wouldn't fill it out. Does it look like a possible, like, Loxodonian track? Would I be able to tell that, considering I... I, th- I... I think that you would, considering that McKenna's there in your yeah. specific question, and yes. Okay. 100%. It's might not be Loxodon, but it's roughly the same size and same shape as, like, their, their hoof type. Would I be able to tell if it's bigger or smaller than McKenna? <laughs> well, I think, yeah. I think, uh, especially McKenna's, on... like, walking by yeah. and stuff, for sure. It's bigger. Yeah. Not, not too much bigger, but, like... A good four or five inches bigger. Wow. All right. Um, Where am I in size comparison to the rest of Loxodons? You're pretty average for a, for a, uh, okay. a, a woman. Okay. Well, I didn't find anything looking around. It does look like a, it does look like somebody was here though recently. Not sure if maybe it was the, the fellow that we met up with earlier that tried to kill me. Or if uh could have been, you know, a month or two ago. But somebody definitely has been coming through here and something definitely has been going on. Did you find anything? Well, Loxodons believe in this thing called the Path. Have you heard of it? No. So, it's the belief in this god or powerful leader that no one's ever seen. And a lot of people, including myself in the past, have believed in. And there's always this effort to try to commune with the path or the voice of the path and it seems like that's what has taken place here as an attempt to try to commune with the path um and so i don't know where to go with 
from here with that information, but keep in mind that this is a religious attempt to commune with a higher power that may or may not be real. Well, it, it looks like to me though that these these people had like had either off themselves or they probably off themselves. Is that part of this this path? And if so, why is there one missing body? Well, the path has been twisted quite a bit. I think the heart of the path and the intention, like many religions, is good and beautiful and hopeful and amazing. But then it's twisted and it's pained and humans and elves and lockdowns get involved and they, and they ruin it. Um, and I think that's what has happened here. Suicide's never good. Um, that's what happened. Um, the one in the center, I can't tell you what happened with. Um, I have no idea. But what I'm saying probably happened here is an attempt to commune with the path, which is this amazing loxodon we see right here. Hmm. And it's about at that point, there's a deep rumble. It's short. It's, uh, it's not too long, but Sisa looks over real quick his you see his toes flinch for a second you can see him reaching the the boy to grab his uh pop-up shelter and then it subsides and he goes <sighs> and he is walking around kind of like kicks a hand out of the way just like staring at things and just is like wow and then uh he kind of licks a hand raises the finger feel that there's fresh air coming in here from somewhere well we have a way out at least if uh if the big guy can't figure that out well i think uh we should start looking around for that way out i mean it's gotta be dude can you tell where the, the fresh air is coming from yes uh, i can i can take some looks i, I have some ideas and he starts kind of scanning and he's i think it's from somewhere up high and he spins looking 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 ah you guys look just past the head of the statue and you can see because the statue's carved almost like brassed out of the out of the back wall mm -hmm. and you can see a small tiny like hole uh it's big for you small and tiny for mckenna and he goes that right there you can see that it's a bit of a climb to get up there. And as he says that, McKenna, you rolled a really good investigation check, and so did you, Clive. That brings your eyes uh, up to the top of the the head of this statue. And you can see that the eyes are reflecting a jade blue. And it's only for that moment where they kind of glimmer this blue, almost like an energy pulse. And then it fades away. Or a crystal? maybe and you see it again pulse ever so lightly just like a faint like spark of electricity this wind kind of also blowing from this hole up just past it you see that there is also what appears to be some sort of like shining necklace hanging off of one of the tusks where before you couldn't see it it's like kind of like caught on the edges of the left side of the statue. 
Um, and it's just kind of dangling there. And next to that, you guys can make out another like rough ladder way that's been built into the side of this statue. And it leads up from the left hip, kind of up near the base of the skull. And looks like even like from there, maybe potentially you guys could also get to that uh, cavern. Does that necklace look at all familiar? Go ahead and make a perception roll since you're down here. Um, I think that's 13. Yes. It does not. It does not look familiar. It is silver. And from what you can see, it is almost like a, a coin. Mm-hmm. And, and that's almost has like a hole punched out for the for the chain to hold it in place. You can't make out the decal of the coin from down here, but there seems to be like just tiny little bits of like jewels kind of like encrusted into the sides of it. Now, McKenna, you said that in your past you were involved in this religion, correct? In some way, shape or form? Yes. Now, is this, this statue, is this something that looks familiar to you as in they have multiple of these statues like this in this magnificence somewhere else or is this like is this one completely unique to this location i would know if there was multiples of these i have to make a cultural check with advantage okay that would be with 11 22 natural 20 okay so 100 percent. this is okay They come in various forms, these statues, Um, but in general, this is called the, this is generally the inner sanctum, Mm -hmm. and inner sanctums normally have some sort of facade. Because the path can take various forms, it's not even below Loxodonian culture for it to take the form of a different race. Okay. But they are all in this magnificent and grandeur. Okay. Okay. So I tell you that. (laughs) All right, well... It's clear we found our way out, but I think I'm going to look around just a little bit more, make sure we're not going to fall into any traps. I also want to take a look at the, the necklace and possibly what's going on with the pulsing uh, energy between, be, behind its eyes. I'm going to take care of the pulsing energy behind its eyes. Okay. You take care of the necklace. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, Clive's gonna walk over to the statue and kind of, uh, use investigation to start looking around and make sure, uh, see if he can pick up on any sort of traps that may trigger or anything if we start messing with the statue in any way. Yeah, go ahead and roll investigation then. That's gonna be a nine. Hmm. Well, it seems to be just pretty old and dingy and mostly like it's just cast out of metal. Uh, so it doesn't seem like there's, you just really just see kind of like the little like indented ladder similar to like what was in the side of the cliff now behind you yeah. in the side of this and nothing much more. Can I tell how high, or how high up the necklace is from? Yeah, it's, it's roughly 35 feet. And if I were to climb the ladder, is the ladder in a position where if I were to climb the ladder, I would be able to reach out and grab the necklace no you would have to sidle over like a good like 15 feet and you as you're looking at it you can see that the sides are there's not really great standing surfaces you could do it for sure but it's i before we do anything i'm going to create a minor illusion 
of myself and Clive doing what I want us to do um, to see if there's any repercussions to that. Okay. So That's Clive, really cool. as you're doing yeah. this, go, McKenna, uh, you create this illusion. You raise your trunk, the, uh, neuro, the, the nanobots kind of come out creating like a, almost like slightly darker hued color version of you guys, but pretty close. And uh, you start kind of running them through this simulation. Uh, so you see Clive, there's like a shadow version of you that just kind of like grabs the side and is climbing its way up. You watch though, because it doesn't have the intelligence that you have, at one point, about halfway up, 15-ish feet, you see that it reaches one hand and the nanobots kind of splash up against the side of the statue, kind of breaking apart mm -hmm. because that rung you you now see that it's actually a good like arm's length longer than you have. It's almost like the ladder at that point starts to kind of like get bigger and bigger for like locks it on shape. But because this is a minor illusion, it just is almost like floating its way up. But then it gets up to the part where you want it to be, and it like not dexterously like parts where it should have slipped. It yeah. kind of like floats its way over and grabs at the necklace. And the, the nanobots kind of like rustle it so slightly, but nothing happens. Okay. McKenna, what does your minor illusion do with the eye, with the eyes? Well, I'm trying to get up there. Um, so that your loxodon form of you, the illusion starts to kind of make its way up mm -hmm. to the skull. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess I want to try to grab for it as the illusion. Okay. Like, that's what I'm really yeah. concerned about. So, then your illusion just kind of, like, goes up into where, like, the, the eyes are. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of splays apart. As if it's hitting something solid. But... But nothing's happening no, to it. No, nothing happens at all. Okay. It's just, again, you have this crackle of the brazier just still kind of roaring with the, every once in a while, like, the drip in the background. And have we heard that rumble at all again? No. Okay. All right, well, it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to successfully get up there on my own. But if I ride on your back while you climb up there, it might give me just enough length to be able to reach out and... Yes. And then if you continue up with me to the eye and grab what's in the eye as well. Yes, I think that's... All right, that's what we're going to attempt to do. I'm going to get on McKenna's back. Okay. Piggyback red. Lots of done. Here we go. <laughs> All right. So Clive gets onto <laughs> your back, just like holding on, and you're starting to climb. It's pretty easy, even once you get to like the 15 uh, feet mark. It's like, it's actually easier for you because now you can actually reach out normal. Mm -hmm. But even then, that starts to get a little bit longer at about 20 feet. Uh, and then you get a little bit further up, and you start to see like, Intermittent handholds meant for your trunk. Mm. I need you to go ahead cool. and make an athletics check to hold on with your trunk as you hoist yourself up another five feet. Ooh, that's a seven. Clive, will you roll an athletics check? One question. The collapsible barriers that we got, when they get activated, is it just something that goes in front of you or is it like 
all full body encompass. Uh, it's like a like the bottom's almost like tarp like, uh-huh. and the top is hard. Uh, you said athletics. Yes. Uh, that's gonna be a nine. Claude, as you you reach up, you grab this handhold. You're and it's it's very very shallow. Your trunk slips, and there's a little bit of like a little uh, trumpet that kind of comes out. And Clive, you get thrown off the back of McKenna. McKenna, <sighs> you have one chance to use a skill <sighs> to catch Clive. Oh no. Um, I'll use. Performance. So he's falling. You don't have a hold of him. Okay, How are you going to dex- catch him? I'll do dexterity. I'm sorry. I did some really bad with de- dexterity. Okay, so like an acrobatics check. 12. Huh? Yeah. 12? Okay. Clive. Yes. How does, real quick, the grappler? Yeah, so the grappler, it uh, you should be able to shoot it out and I believe grab a hold of like even if it were to just break my fall, like by a couple feet. Oh yeah, well you can do that for sure. Okay. Yeah. So McKenna reaches out, going to grab you, and she grabs you just as you're pulling the grappler out. She grabs the bottom of your ankle, hoisting you so you're upside down. Oh. Oh. Now that was a oh. close one, huh? And I'm oh, hoping yeah. your eyes are like my eyes, but like upside down. Well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I'll turn him around and apologize. And I'm sorry, I'm a little clumsy. Uh, that's all good. It probably wasn't our best idea. <laughs> <laughs> so you find yourself still in the same position. I'm going to keep going. Okay, I want you to go ahead. Do you want to ride on my back still? Am I still yeah, am I st- where am I at Let's now? say she threw you back onto her back just because okay. she does need her trunk. Do you want to keep riding on my back? I'm cool with it. Or do you want to be below? Even if we don't end up getting the necklace, I think the only way I'm going to be able to get out of here is on your back, climbing up this thing. All right. Going again. All right, go ahead and make another athletics check. 12. 12? All right. So this time, having made the mistake that you made last time, you're able to circumnavigate it, grab the handhold and then just use that moment to get some momentum and pull yourself up. Clive, you're again jostled. You almost get a sense you're about to fall and you get to the next <laughs> rung and you're actually able to go ahead and climb the rest of the way up to so that you're like across from the necklace and all that needs to be done is to like sidle across. As you're looking across McKenna though, the footsteps and the it looks a lot more treacherous for you because of your size that there's not there's like not nearly as much purchase to move around on as like Clive would have. Can I get a closer look at the necklace now that we're closer up and see like who who does this belong to or what is it or what culture did it come from or Yeah, so you have to lean out around around the side because the statue kind of curves, right? Okay. So I need you to just go ahead and roll Roll an acrobatics check to try and lean over and hold your position. Clive's gonna ready his oh. grappler, just in case. You ready your grappler? You ready your grappler? Because as she, she makes that attempt. As she leans over, she goes falling off the side. Oh, oh no. crap! And he pulls it out. Hi. Okay, I'm gonna try and again. No, no, you're falling. What are you gonna do? I, well, so um, I'm going to quickly use my grappler to get out from underneath her before I get squished. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm falling on her back, right? So, right. Yeah, yeah, so let's say I want you to roll a acrobatics check just to get yourself out from behind her. 16. All right, you're able to kind of maneuver, kind of using her shoulder to kind of pull yourself up. You ready the grappler, preparing to shoot. I want you to go ahead and just make a uh, an, an attack roll on part of the statue with uh, with your dex and your proficiency. Okay. Thirteen. So it fires, <laughs> breaks into the side of part of like the statue, and you watch these claws just kind of hold place. <laughs> the alloy of the um. What would normally be rope, but now it's just like metal alloy. You can hear it just scraping sparks coming off the side of the grappler itself, and you feel yourself start to slow. Can you roll me a percentile die? 90. 90. So it slows you down a good 15 feet before you even hit the bottom, and then you kind of like very gracefully touch the bottom. McKenna, you are still falling though, and you I'm are. Trying to grab on something. Okay. Anything. I want you then to go ahead and make an athletics check. 17? 17. You grab, okay. let's see, there's like the palms of the statue are kind of faced up, uh, and you're able to grab one of the four fingers of the Loxodon statue and just, kung, as you slam up against the side of the uh, statue, just holding in place. Awesome. From there, will you make a perception roll, McKenna? 11. Okay, you hear an ever so subtle, coming from within the statue. It almost sounds like forced air being moved through it. And that's, you, your head's kind of like, you can slammed up against the side of it. Uh, Cisa is like watching both of you from below. Hey! Guys, don't do, I kind of need you to get out of here. Well, I'm gonna it's not say like get down, let's lot. take cover. My job's not to do a whole lot. Get down, let's take cover. Just to be sure nothing's going to explode. All right. Wait, would I know, like, having been around these statues, like, air coming out? Is it normal? Yeah. No. Okay. Get down, let's like, take cover. All right, I'm uh, going to listen to me. I'm going to get down. I'm going to activate the barrier thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Can I get under? Cecil does that as well. Yeah. Well, she, do you... She's still hanging from the hand off. Oh, I'm getting down. Okay. I need you to, like... Go ahead and roll a dexterity check with disadvantage because you're in a hurry and you are still. How is there a way to gracefully get down mm-hmm. without if being disadvantaged? If you succeed on the roll, the, yeah, <laughs> you gotta. That was rude. Go you're about twenty feet up. Can I? I don't want to just drop down. No, I know you're trying to climb down. That's yeah, what yeah. you're doing the dexterity okay. roll for. Uh, Seventeen. Thirteen. That's not bad. Okay, so you jump to the side. You're kind of scrabbling your way down as fast as you can. You're, For the most part, you make it, and then suddenly you slip. You start to fall, fall, fall. You grab the side again with your trunk, kind of wrapping around like one of the kneecaps, and you slam into the side, but you're able to finally jump down and go try and find cover. I need you to make a survival check to find cover. Can I get under his cover? Oh, no, they're not Loxodon-sized. Oh, okay. Loxodon parkour. I imagine it's really awkward. Right. I'm just trying to imagine seeing that like a giant. You see a small overhang about 20 feet away 
and you can hear the sound uh, of that that air as you're by the side of the statue. I need you to make an initiative roll versus mine. Oh no. To reach the clove. Oh, wait, I'm using an inspiration. (laughs) Thank you, everyone who (laughs) gave that to me. Oh man! Oh, so McKenna well, at least starts. It wasn't a critical failure. Oh, though. oh, McKenna, you get down the air. You start sprinting. You knock over a body, and you leap into the acclaim, and you cover your head. Nothing. And happened. you hear the sound of a drip of water go. <laughs> Sorry, guys. There goes oh, your inspiration. Boy. Thought uh, it was going to be an explosion. I would say we're a little jumpy today, huh? <laughs> uh, uh. Everything okay? Uh, everything okay? Seesaw peeks his head up from underneath I'm the gonna cover. I'm going to pretend. Hold on. No, no, no. Stay covered. Stay covered. <clears throat> and then, hold on. I'm, like, I'm going to minor illusion and make it look like the place exploded. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I think you're going to because it, your minor illusion can't be that big. So, please Just like describe a what small you... explosion, like right where the air was coming out, but specifically right around where they're buried. I want you to make a performance check, please. Oh, I got that. Oh, I don't. Cisa five pops his head up, curiosity being the be- getting the better of this this boy, and you made this little ex- tiny explosion look like it went off to cover your embarrassment but you did it about two seconds before Cecil looked and so the explosion's like not there and he's just like huh huh and you hear this tapping on your your uh cover Clive and he goes hey 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 there what what do you want it's a it's fine it's fine she's just jumpy (sighs) man you know we've had this problem with her in the past she wouldn't last a day on the roads do I hear that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd like to go up to him. Okay. I need you to make a perception roll as you're getting up out of the okay. clove. Oh, nat 20. <laughs> Why you, is that a good one? As you stand up, you hit your head on something hard <laughs> and metal. <laughs> you turn and look, and you see in this tiny clove. Well, <laughs> I I gotta say this. Tiny for you. Large for everyone else. Yes. You see a heavy handle uh, that looks like it can be pulled. Oh. Well, your clutchiness actually came into it awarded us. How about that? I'm trying to decide if I want to secretly pulling pull it without telling Clive, or if I want to call Clive over. I'm gonna call Clive over. Hey Clive, there's a there's a handle here. Do you want to come pull it? <laughs> I think I've heard this joke before. Uh, well, <laughs> I, uh, I think you're in a better position to pull it. I'll stand back and and make sure that you're okay. I'll watch her. I'll watch her six. Make sure we're fine. You, you can go ahead and pull the pull the handle since you found it. I would hate to take that away from you. Okay. You see, Caesar moving as far back as he can. He's dragging his pop up cover with him like a shield, <laughs> and just like positions himself okay. against the back wall. Do you pull it down? You pull it straight out. You okay. turn it and pull it out. I'm doing it. So you do. When you pull it out, you see script. Is it? 
it pulls out about a foot out, and you can see like a metal arm that comes straight out with it, and you can see script can I read written it? on it. Loxodon. Yes, yeah. it's it's old, Loxodon. So again, I need you to make a culture check to read this. Okay. Oh, that's a good roll. Seventeen. Okay. You see that it says, "Light will be your guide." Time is not on your side. Oh, man, that's not good. And this handle starts to just very slowly sink back in. But I have the script. Yeah, that's what you read. Okay. It's, it's, it's going back in very, very slowly. But time is not on your side. Mm-hmm. How far does the uh, the grappler actually go? How like how long is it? I believe I, I want to say it's actually. thirty feet. So while McKenna's messing around in her little hole over there, uh, Clive's gonna attempt one more time to uh, get the uh, necklace. But this time, because he for whatever reason didn't think about it before, he's gonna do it now. He's actually just gonna shoot the grappler as close to the necklace as he can and use that to kind of climb. Okay. Statue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want you to make an attack roll again. With the uh, dexterity and everything? Yep. Ooh, that's going to be a 22. So it fires. It holds purchase. And you're able to almost like uh, start kind of walk up slash kind of like get a handhold. As you make your way up, the sparks kind of like just going off the sound of the alloy of the rope grinding. McKenna. Just, he's just frustratingly grumbling to himself because he didn't think about this before and instead almost got killed again. McKenna, what are you going to do? This handle is slowly sinking back in. I don't know what to do. Um, do you have some sort of light spell or something? Or a source of light? Uh, a firebolt. Clive, as you're climbing, you hear the sound of that air starting to increase. That, yeah. Is it increasing as I'm like climbing up because I'm getting closer to maybe the source of it, or does it is it just getting louder? Just it's just getting louder. I'm gonna get a lantern because I have a lantern and just try to hold it up to that thing and see if that does anything. Okay, yeah, so you, you hold up this, like, glow, this, like, light source that glows. And again, you just can see, like, this this handle is slowly sinking in. It's now the bottom parts of the script are starting to get covered up as it's sinking back in. Uh-huh. And Can you... I stop it? Yeah. I'm going to try to stop it. Okay, I want you to go ahead and make a strength roll. Okay. 20? 20? Not a nat 20, but 20. You pull it to a stop, and then you hear the whirring of whatever machinery is going on in the inside. And you actually, as you're holding it, you're getting a better look at it, and you can see that it's it's new. It's not, this is not a natural part of the temple. Someone added this in. Okay. And then you can hear it, the gears grinding, and it starts to pull you forward. Oh, as its own, like, I'm a big thing. You are oh, a big geez. thing. And part of it's like, you are having to duck in this position. You don't have great hold, Clyde, it's getting louder. Shh. You finally get yourself within reach of the necklace. 
you go ahead, you grab it, you snatch it. As you're holding this necklace in your hand, you see that it is just a coin that's been encrusted with some jewels. It looks like sapphires around the side. And there is the face, like a sideways face of some sort of entity being. Uh, it, it looks like like it's a gray of some sort. You can tell from the bulbous eyes and the head and the, there's no nose. It's just kind of flat and sheer with the face. And yeah, from, from there, you also see, as you kind of flip it over onto the back, you see a, the outline of a star. Um, and the center has been filled in with two circles. And uh, it almost looks like to be some sort of a crest. Hmm. Can I do a perception of this area right around me? Yeah, I need you to make another string roll to try and hold oh, this man. thing. 21? 21. Okay. It's still pulling you. It's almost completely back into the rock. I need you to make a perception roll. I don't know what to do. Uh, 17? McKenna. You... I don't like that look. You look uh, back. Clive has just grabbed the the coin or the necklace, and he's looking at it as he's kind of like hanging there with one hand holding this grappler. And you can see the trunk that's holding the brazier, and you can just see like very small pilot lights on the bottom of it, just going. And then the handle sinks all the way back in. I need you to make an initiative roll to try and do something. I don't know what to do. To try to stop the handle from going in? Whatever you want to do. To save you. I need you to make an initiative roll versus mm-hmm. mine. Clive has no idea what's actually That's 18. Going on, right? 16. Clive, I need you to go ahead. I want you to make a survival roll with disadvantage. Man. I rolled well. Wanted to look at my coins, coin collection. So Ooh, disadvantage? Yeah, that's a five. Ooh, that's rough. Ooh, that's even worse. A two? I didn't think you could get worse. Clive, McKenna is looking back at you. You look down at her and you kind of like hold up the coin. I got it. And that's when you hear this. Which brings your eyes up as you smell like gas. The bottom of the brazier shoots out a torrent, like a torrent of flames. I need you to go ahead towards me straight down. I need you to go ahead and make a dexterity save DC 15. DC 15? DC 15. All right. I get to just add my dex to it. Yep. With proficiency or no? Yeah. I wish you luck. All right, guys, don't fail me now. Oh, no. Well, that's a two. Oh. oh, so the flames just, you watch as they bathe Clive. Clive goes falling off the side. Clive, that is 11 points of damage. I need you to now make an acrobatic save as you go falling to the ground. Fifteen. It was a trap. All right. You're able to kind of like, however you want to tumble out of the way, 
but you're able to get your bearings and avoid the brunt of the damage as you're falling. Perhaps you even shoot your grappler off to the side and it pulls you somewhat out of the way of the flames and slows your fall to the ground, but you come crashing to the ground as you tumble and lose your, your hat on the side, kind of the flames kind of licking it. You're patting out the flames on the side of you and you just see McKenna kind of to the side like, oh. I'm gonna run over to Clive and make sure he's okay and do any mending that's necessary, whether it's of his hat or his clothes. And then I want to do like a, a history or a culture check. This is not familiar, is it? This is not familiar at all. Like no. I said, it's new. Weird. Um, this has gotten much darker than when I was a part of this. So while she's doing her little, I'm going to continue trying to uh, heal myself oh. with cure wounds. Okay, so again, the nanobots kind of come out and they kind of circle around your body. And even as you were falling, like that was kind of like something that was like, you, you've, you've taken damage in war before. And so you, out of instinct, you brought this healing power out uh, using the technomancy to heal you even as you were falling, which kind of kept you uh, awake and alert. Is anything else still on fire? No. Okay. No. And he watches the flames just like kind of recede back in and now the brazier is just at the top of this statue just kind of roaring at the same height that it was before. I'm gonna try to see if there's anything like any other signs of things being like changed or manipulated in this area. Okay. So a really really in-depth investigation of like knowing what these things should look like and looking for what is different. Okay. Yes, because that was weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, once Clive is you, he's all settled down. Like, and you've like helped him kind of like get his wits about him. He, he's pretty self-sufficient, and Cecil uh, it's like still hiding from within the his cover, and you just hear his muffled voice go. I can't understand you, coward. Ooh. Can you make a charisma roll? I'm at 10 HP. Oh, perfect. A 10? <laughs> and he watches the top gets pushed to the side. Cizo stands up. He's kind of blushing a, a bright red as he looks around at the, the statue that's still kind of like a bright hot that's like fading off Clive who's like s sitting with his back up against yeah, the wall he's just like... <laughs> and uh, he sees looks about and what'd you do it wasn't me now can you help me look around to see if there's anything that looks strange around here anything that looks strange no no okay, I'm gonna try to describe what this place should look like um, and say like the statue of the the path is normal. The the structure of everything is normal. It's the hidden things that are weird. It's the it's the weird levers and the the weird necklace and I think the crystal in the eye is not normal and things like that. I want to look around and look at things that look like they've been manipulated. I want to find those things. Have Can you considered just climbing like I'm a great climber. What if we just climbed up looked at the eye instead of playing around with levers. Do that. You do that. Well, like, can you make another charisma roll? Pers persuasion, actually. 
Ten. Ten? I mean, you can climb the Yeah, I'll climb it. Do it. And as he's walking by you, Clive, you hear the boy kind of like wipe some snot off the side of his nose and he goes, she said it wouldn't be hard to steal from a loxodon. Watching her make mistakes is so easy to steal from a loxodon. She starts climbing. He gets about up to where you got, where you originally like, where the arm's length change and he's, looks up. <laughs> hey, it's not so easy now, is it? I'll figure it out. I'm gonna go up there. Wait, wait, first I'm gonna yeah, investigate. Yeah, go ahead and make there. your investigation roll. Yes, sorry, I forgot about that. You have one more inspiration, yeah? I don't want to use it for that. Uh, six. And then I'm assuming I learned nothing from that. And so I'm gonna tell the coward to come down and I'm gonna go up um, and look at that crystal and maybe do another investigation up there. All right. So he comes down and he goes, if I were you, I would take that way and kind of points out a route that makes no sense, but he's He's like a 14-year-old boy. He's trying to be grandiose about, okay. you know, what he's, what he thinks you should do and showing his worth. You start to climb up. You avoid the mistakes of, of the past, and you make your way up to the top of this brass uh, version of the path's head. And you find yourself standing on the shoulder, peering in at the eye. I am also you... pretty emotional at this point. Like, having a connection to the path and feeling pretty involved... Um, with the true heart of what I see the path of being. This is a powerful moment for me, but also a very uncomfortable moment knowing that this has been changed and manipulated. Mm. I just want you to know where my head's at. Okay. As you are climbing up though, and you get up to the head, you can, when you were passing the tusks and the, like the belly portion, you heard like that faint sound of like gas or air being forced and it once you get it to the head it kind of disappears okay there is a faint hum mm -hmm. i want you to go ahead and make a um a history check twenty it reminds you of something the day when everything went wrong Can you leave the room? Clive. It's, it reminds you of when you broke into the archives and you stole, you were able to coordinate a strike and steal the shard that originally belonged to the, the path. The, the shard, the crystals that were used as communing and focuses to speak with the entity. And that's what the sound reminds you of. As you touch the skull, that's what the vibrations remind you of. And that's what the crystal is I'm seeing, I presume? Well, as you peer in, you see that there is solid glass or some sort of like hard plastic that covers the eyes and you actually see a whole room within the size, within the skull. You make out a faint, like the faint lines of some sort of a hatch that's loxodon sized, mm -hmm. that looks like it opens on the side of the skull or the head and feeds into this room. 
but there is no handle. There is no way of uh, entering. All you see is in script. Through the fire is the way. Purity born from the ashes. Through the fire is the way. Purity is born from the ashes. Purity is born from the ashes. Okay. All right, Clive, you can come back. How much of that did you actually hear? Uh, only like bits and pieces, not not enough to actually put anything together. So you watch as McKenna freezes at the top as she's staring into this, this the hollow part of the eye of the statue. McKenna, are are you okay? What? Do you, do you need me to come up there? Maybe. How do you feel about fire? Well, considering I just got my ass singed by this statue, not so great. Fair. Okay. Why? I don't know yet. I need a moment to to think. And I'm gonna go sit crisscross in a corner and meditate. Okay. So you go to the corner of the shoulder and she starts meditating. Clive. That leaves you and Sisa at the bottom, looking up. Well, I I don't quite know what's going on here. I think I, I think I might have passed out just for a little bit there, but uh, I guess while she's meditating, you and I will try to find our way out of here. You said you you found you saw a pathway, right? Well, yeah, just past there, and you see to the left of McKenna, like a hole that leads into another part of the tunnel. That would be my guess, unless the uh, big man's able to clear a path. Mm. He looks back up as if expecting to see Atlas at any point. Atlas hasn't returned. Yeah, uh, I haven't heard from him in a while. Hope he's doing but at least a little better than we are. How high up is the, the hole that he's pointing at? Oh, the, the hole is about 40 feet up. Um, he looks at you, Clive, and at the bodies. So, I've been following uh, the dictates, leader, speaker Holst here. And uh, do you think that, do you think that she's cheated all this? She kicks the boot of one of the long deceased uh, people. Well, I guess that could be that could be possible. I'm not. It, these bodies have been here for a while. It looks like, and uh, considering everything that's going on, I mean, it could be possible. We definitely need to figure out what's going on here, because I mean, this this is all very strange. One, well, none of them have like the mark branded in them. He kind of pushes a body over. I know for a fact Speaker Holst had it, had her goons do the branding and the other bodies, but there's none of that here. Well, the other thing is there's also a missing body. I mean, there, there's all these pillows. It seems like they have a body that corresponds to each, but then there's this big Loxodonian-sized one, and we, I haven't seen, we don't know where that body is. I'm gonna come out of my meditation 
Yes. I'm gonna come up to you and ask you, you found footprints earlier. Locks it on footprints. Yes. Where do they lead? Where do they lead? I want you to make a survival check to see if you can track that down. Uh, 13. They seem to traverse most of the cavern as if whoever was there was either pacing or looking for something. It looks like you can see where it's, the steps go, have gone to each of the individual deceased uh, beings here. And you can see where the ground is upturned from someone who has spent time either like rifling through the bodies or sp spending time just kicking up dirt in that area. There is a lot of footsteps showing that they went back and forth between the entrance and exit uh, from which you guys came. No signs that they ever went through the hole that uh, Cisa pointed out. But there is a lot of overturned ground around the base of the statue. Mm. Seems like perhaps there's confusion or on, on the part of these people. McKenna, as you're looking down, as you were meditating, thinking on the issues, I need you to make a perception roll, and you may do this one with advantage from where you are. 14 and 22. Nice, another nat 20. I love it. So when you look down, you see that the room, the base of the floor and the way the cavern's laid up around it, is in, is, it's in the shape of the family symbol, Mr. Akram's symbol, the sun. And you see the small, like the, well, the big, like bigger cloth for everyone else, smaller cloth for you, is at the tip of one of the rays. You see four more rays around. And as you're looking at each of these rays, you can make out like an anomaly in the sides of the cavern walls. I'm gonna go over there and see what the anomaly is. Okay, so you have to climb down. Yes. You climb your, you climb and make your way down, and you find one other kind of like a clove that, again, was similar to the one you're in, and you can just barely fit. It's like tighter squeeze, and you see another handle. You go to the other ones, you see one that is. You have to actually reach your trunk. You'd have to reach your trunk in to get to. Uh, it would easily be at just the, the end length of Clive's arm. Um, and you see another another club that looks like part of the the wall has broken and covered it, so you could actually not fit in there. You could spend time trying to move it, but it's relatively large rubble. I'm going to put my trunk in the trunk one. Okay, so you reach around, you grasp it, and you hear that slow as it's starting to go back into the wall. Oh, what does it say? You can't see what it says. It's so thin. I'm gonna freeze it. I'm gonna frost ray it. Okay. You should make a spell attack on it. Uh, nine. Okay. Nothing. It shoots, breaks as it starts okay. to feed into itself. Cisa, who's standing, who's been looking around with you, goes, "What are you doing?" I'm gonna firebolt it through the fire. This way. <laughs> okay. Well, now I'm curious. What are you doing? Firebolting. Be sure. Twenty-two. So it's, 
It's still moving. Shit. Um. We have to stop this thing from going in. And as what? she says that, what thing? It goes in. It goes in, and flames erupt down oh. the bottom of the statue. Thank God, I'm not standing there. <laughs> Wait. Flames erupt from the bottom of the statue. Like, like, so there's the brazier. The yeah. trunk is holding this brazier up, like it's balancing it. Yes. And the brazier is almost like a bowl with flames coming out the top. Okay. There are little tiny holes in the bottom. And so when it goes in, the flame shoots straight down. Okay. What? Okay. I'm gonna try it again. The same one? Now hold up, no, hold, hold up, hold up, hold up. What do you, what's going on here? This room has been manipulated. There's something off about it and I'm trying to figure out what it is. And each of these levers or handles or something What happens if we something. pull them both? Let's do it. I'll put my trunk in, you pull the handle. Okay, so. I'm up for anything. You're, pull, you're gonna pull the one that's in the wall, and well, then I'm gonna can't. pull well, I'm, the other, because there's two, right? There's one that only a trunk can yeah, go so into. Yeah, so you'll pull There's actually, there's four. Oh. There's the four anomalies you went to check out, remember? Well, it's all, it's them all. Are there two that are like pretty close? Like, cause we only have three people. One's two there. Yeah, there's, close? there are two that are close, but it would be a sprint to get to them. Based off of what McKenna explains to you about how fast they kind of pull in, it would definitely be a sprint to get to it. All right, well, I think that's our best option. Yes. So you pull one, the boy will pull one, I'll pull one and try to sprint over to the, to okay. the last one. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Good idea. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Okay. I wouldn't have thought of it if there wasn't had, if there hadn't been multiple, I wouldn't have ever even. Okay. So you guys Go. count three, two, one. You all pull. <gasps> Clive, you go sprinting. I need you to go ahead and make an athletics check to try and sprint over as quick as possible. That's yeah, a two on my trip to fall on my face. You can oh. share inspiration if you want. Um, yes, you can have an inspiration. Now my inspiration's gone. Usually you try to save it, don't you? No, that's only a 10. All right, you're able to sprint over oh, to the other yes. one. You reach your hand in. You start to pull it. It's jammed. I need you. To make an athletics check as you try to pull it free. You can do it. You got it. You will not stop me. Oof. That'd be mine. Oh. It gets stuck. You pull. You make one last ditch effort. It doesn't move. Can I mend it? I'm far away, but I shouldn't have to touch it. It says it repairs single breaks, tears, in an object. How far away? There's no, oh, I have to touch I it. think it's touch. I will say this, McKenna, you see Clive struggling. Can I you can make an athletics check to get over there okay. with disadvantage. Okay. The DC's 10. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh, McKenna, you go sprinting, but you're not able to make it in time. And try it again. I need you all to make a perception roll. 12. Now I get a freaking nat 20. So for every single handle that you guys pulled, you see Clive, especially you, the flames, the pilot lights on the bottom just get bigger and bigger as if each one, it just makes it worse. And it shoots out at a wide array. I need both of you to make a dexterity saving throw. And after that, I'm ray frosting it. Okay, I need to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. What do you ray? Never mind. To freeze the fire. Uh, 14. 11. <laughs> All right. So, 14, 11. 
McKenna. That is six points of damage as it goes. And you get thrown to the side. The flames kind of singeing the side of like your old skin and kind of putting tatters into your clothes. Uh, You hear Cecil yelp as he goes, and he ducks back inside of the clove. And then the flames reside. All the handles back in place. All right. Well, can I look around? So can I, the little um, cubby that the the one handle is in that I was trying to pull. Yes. Can I look around that room to see if maybe there's something that I would be able to tie like a piece of rope to, to be able to keep the handle out long enough, like give me a couple more seconds to run over, like pull the handle out, tie it off to something so that it will maybe stick longer. So I have more time to run over to the next one. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give you one better if you, if you do well with this. I want you to go ahead and make a, whatever skill you think would be most applicable to this. I understand like if survival makes sense to you, if uh, like some sort of like, Insight makes sense. Which, whichever one you think is your your better. Mm, I would say maybe like maybe perception. So I pick up or I notice that there's something I could. I would yeah. either say perception or I would probably say survival. But I have the same bonus on either one on both of them. So okay, let's go with perception then. Seven. All right. I just can't roll when I need to. Well, Clive, you look about, yes, there are certainly things you could tie it to. You don't know, because McKenna, you know, is able to relay to you that even it could pull her. Yeah. So there are a few things that pop into your head. Well, there's the statue. Maybe that maybe that's immovable in some sort of way. There's plenty of stalactites and, and stalagmites. Um, there, there's even McKenna. Maybe McKenna could muster up the strength if she was tied to it. Um, so the, those are a few things. All right. Well, do you want to try this one more time? Yeah. I'm gonna attempt. So when so this time when we when I pull the first one, I'm gonna attempt to, t- to tie it off to like a, the like the base of a stalagmite, and then hopefully giving me a couple more seconds to run over to the. Uh, next one. And yeah. One. Yeah. Okay. So you you tie can this you off. Jam one first. Yeah. Whichever. So one. that we can unjam it. So yeah, I'll I'll start with that one, and that'll be the one that I tie off if I can get it loose. Okay. So you go and you you tie. Uh, you know, you work it around this rock. I want you to go ahead and make a survival check, and then keep note of that number. Okay. Oh, you were rolling bad. Get rid of those oh, dice. It's Eleven. <laughs> All right. So, three, two, one. You guys all pull them. And Clive, you're giving the first try on the jammed one. I want you to go ahead and make a strength roll. As everyone else pulls the handles. Two. That is a a fail. You, because you didn't pull the other one first, it's going to be a very, very tight turnaround. Because you're not sprinting over to the other one yet, you have one more try I, at pulling and pulling it. Since my trunk, do I have to keep my trunk in, or can I run and go do the other you one? You could go try and run do the other Let's one. Let's do that. All right, so then my trunk's in. I want you to make an athletics check to sprint over to Clive. Okay. 
McKenna. Uh, Same eight. situation. You're running, you're running. Clive, you have one more chance at this. This is gonna be it. This I hope so, right it's here. a pretty okay. dice. Nat 20 roll. This is this. it, this is the one. This is the nat 20. Or a, a oh, oh my gosh. Oh, is that a nat one? I totally just jinxed myself. Oh. So you start to pull, you feel it giving purchase. Oh. It rattles for a second just as the flames are building, but you never get a chance as the flames. I'm gonna ray of frost the whole area while the flames are coming down. All right. No, make a, make a spell just, attack. That was probably the most unfortunate roll. A 24? 24. Why couldn't okay. you get that earlier? Okay. You roll. This is improvised here. Okay. Um, I want you to go ahead and roll a die four. Okay. Four. four. Okay. And then both of you guys make a dexterity saving throw as the flames go shooting down. Twelve. Seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. So both of you managed to kind of like dive out of the way. That is three points of damage okay. as you all, like both of you are kind of used to it. Cease is already like, he never came out. He was prepared for this to fail. And when it, when it uh, fades off, you... hey, guys, can we stop playing around? Well, do you have any other bright ideas? Uh, Yeah, we did our job. I did my job. Well, you're welcome to leave if you can find a way out. Well, this is the whole... You said you've done your job, so clearly you don't need us to help you, right? Well, I just, I mean, like, we, like it's not helping that you guys keep catching the place on fire. I'm going to take his cover and throw it in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to go ahead and make a, uh, make a contested athletics check with him. As you march over to his clove and start wrestling it from him. That was like a... Wait, wait, can I do it more, like, secretly? Hey... I know this is a really challenging. Okay, make a deception check first. That's better. It's gonna be versus his insight. That's a ten. That's a twelve. Okay, so you're able to get it, get like around him, start to kind of like talk talk to him and be very comforting. And now going to make an athletics check. You make yours with advantage. Okay. That's an eleven. Oh man. So hold on, hold on, advantage. It was a twelve. And a 15. 15 versus a 17. You go to grab it. He's already like put it back down to its compact size and it's attached by a chain to the side of his belt. So when you pull it, you actually pull his whole body to the side with a, oh, what the? Hey, I'm gonna look at him eye to eye and say, stop being a coward and help us. Do you have any ideas? <sighs> All right. I do have an idea. Care to share? Yeah, we leave. We're not leaving. Look, Thyra just wanted to know what was going on down here. We know nothing about what's going on down here, which is part of the reason we need to pull these levers. Yeah, well, we know there's a... How about you do it? Ready? I'm going to pull this one, he's going to pull that one, and you're going to pull the jammed one and the other one. Ready? Well, if you couldn't pull it, and he Set. couldn't pull it, and he looks down at his scrawny arms, that does not make sense. Now, I'm hold on, hold on, hold on. Getting at each other's throats isn't going to help us get out of here or figure out what's going on any faster. Uh, you now, know, I think in a past life you were a war kind of negotiator because you're always trying to keep the peace here. Well, that could or be hostage true. negotiator. Uh, so, there is no way, as, as far as we can tell, there is no way out of here. 
the way behind us is clear unless atlas comes back and lets us know that the path is clear we're not getting out that way clearly we all suck and cannot climb a wall to save our lives so we're not going up through the ceiling either i no. believe we should figure out what is going on with these lovers i'm going to do an investigation i'm going to look around this jammed one to see if maybe there's something else going on here maybe some a reason that it's jammed that we can uh that i can clear please do not kill each other <laughs> while I'm doing this. Wow. So I'm going to investigate the jammed. He, uh, as you're going to investigate, Seesaw eyes you and goes, for the record, being a coward is how you survive. And I will be pulling this lever because you cannot fit. For the record, being a coward is how you die. Uh, for the record, you're both cowards. You know nothing of what you talk about. So he... <laughs> nat 20. Oh! Investigation. That was good. That oh, was a good, like, man. one-liner, and then nat 20. So, that's when uh, you're, you're investigating kind of, like, what to do about this, and there's not ne necessarily anything um, mechanically-wise that of why this shooter be stuck or like you not even sure you don't even have the tools to get into the rock mm. to work with it there is um you kind of like leave it in frustration and you walk over to back to the pillow circle <sighs> you sigh kind of take off your hat for a second and there's just like a little bit of frustration, right? As you have all these like new emotions and you just give the giant pillow a massive kick. When you hit it, it it's like hitting rock. It's, it's not a pillow, it's oh. the facade of a pillow. And you send this thing to the side with a coo, coo, coo. And you see a handle underneath it in a little tiny hole. We never checked under the pillows. Who thinks to check under the pillows? Oh. Well, it depends on who you're robbing. Well, guys, right, look. Coward. Come over here real quick. Look what I found. Well, who wants to pull it? <laughs> uh, well, I found it. I guess I'll do the honors. I've been burned once today. If it happens again, oh well. Reaches down and uh, manipulates the lever to open it up. So... It pulls up, and McKenna, you can read in the script that it says in, in, in ancient Loxodonian, the truth and the lie is never far. And you watch as this one lever starts to slowly go down. You can see the pilot light starting to rear up at the top as the other ones haven't been pulled yet. Seesaw looks at it and goes, ah, shit, and goes, dashes to his a clove and pulls the handle to... I'm going to run over to the original handle and pull that one. Three? I'm going to put my nose in the can other you one. grasp it? Four. And just as the pilot lights are starting to gather, they suddenly fade. <sighs> the entire brazier's fire <sighs> goes out <sighs> and darkness descends upon the cavern. That's and not good. 
that's when you see all of the mycelium give off a beautiful purplish glow that lights the cavern, bringing almost an ominous shade to this statue now. You can now see fully in, in the dark, the blue glints in the eye sockets of the statue. Just Are the mycelium leading a certain direction or are they? No, they're just sporadically around. Like, yeah, just grown. Like they grow here naturally. Does anything else, so besides the room going dark, does anything else change, anything noticeable? No, nothing noticeable. So the flames are completely out. McKenna, does this, is this familiar to you? Is this something that, or is this, is this typical with these kind of statues and these kind of rooms? I'm assuming no. No, but go ahead and make a history check, McKenna. A whopping six. Yeah, so no, you don't remember this as being a part of any necessarily Loxodonian type situation, like uh, ways of making temples or really honestly, this is just like almost this is disgusting. It's like someone came and there was a past of of uh, Loxodons kind of like exploring the universe early on before they decided to, st- decide to stay at their, their home planet. And if this is a true artifact, this is disgusting. Someone has perverted it and changed it. Yeah. But the words on the side of the paneling door on the skull come to mind about the flames. Is there a fire? There is no fire anymore. I'm gonna walk over to where the fire was. So you gotta climb to the top. You start to make your way up. As you get to the top of the head, there's much clearer footsteps. These are that kind of like, cause the trunk kind of like undulates up and is holding this like brazier, uh, much like an S. So there's like these steep like stairways. So you're going up to the top of this trunk to the very, very top right now. You're about 50 feet up and you can see a small hatch on the bottom of the bowl of the brazier that you're able to pull open. It's still a little hot to the touch. And when you walk in, you can see, like when you climb up into the brazier where all the flames were, you see all of the, like, the little tiny like pilot lights that were there to keep the fire going. You can, now you get the, the, the hint of some sort of like gas that was used to create this fire. And there is a small um, sort of like, it looks like a protected sort of like data entry pad. Um, it's covered in like a, it's covered in the same material, which is like this clear path plastic that firefighters would use to cover buildings to make, to give them like some like flame resistance, but also the fire from the, the, from, from the brazier probably came up out of these spokes and the flames, you know, weren't actually as close to the bottom. Like it was probably shot up into the air and you see this small little entry pad. And it looks, and it's something that you could hack into. Is there anything on the front screen? No, just like a little area for like, where like you, like there's like a small little thin strip to show you what numbers you're putting in or letters and symbols. 
but you could also like hack in and get like more data readout directly to your Neuralink. Okay, I'm gonna do that. But first I'm gonna call Clive up and say like, hey, there's something interesting up here. Is it safe? I haven't had much good luck with this statue. I think so, I'm up here. All right, well, I'll take your word for it. Just start climbing up. I'm gonna climbing hack up it after her. while he's on the way. All right, so you start making your way up. You know, like, it's difficult but with the grappler now, you're able to kind of make your way up there. Uh, there's plenty of times where, you know, Sisa is following you, and the first time you use the grappler, you kind of leave him behind, and he goes, hey, hey, hey. do you want to leave him? I'll take him. So he, <laughs> he grabs you very begrudgingly, much. Begrudgingly, I offer him a hand. I, I think he like kind of grabs you very much in the way like Princess Leia and Luke does when they swing across in Star Wars. So he's kind of like holding you uh, as you kind of like yeah, Don't get <laughs> rise too comfortable up. there. I wouldn't get too comfortable. You smell, and I don't trust people all that much. McKenna. Can't hacking it. Yes, will you, make, will you make a hacking skill check? Yes. Where? It would be interfacing, sorry. Okay. 15. You start slicing your way into it. And codes upon codes come up. Last time I did this, I got really yes. hurt. And you, you feel like a little bit of a firewall. You quell it. You outbeat the code. And Clive, just as you're starting to get to the trunk, there's a small hiss and a hatch that you hadn't seen on the side of the head of the of the statue opens. And this is now, now that you're up here, you see these blue sparks in the eye socket, but you also see that there's like a glass or like some sort of tough plastic that's see-through, which is allowing you to see the blue. But you also see that on the inside, there's a whole room. Oh, hey McKenna, take a look at this. It looks like we, we can actually go inside this the statue. Let us. Is the passageway, is the hole, the hatch big enough for her to fit in? It's locked on in size. It's a massive. And look, you could even fit in here. We did kind of find the path initially. Why would they not plan for locksdowns? Well, I don't know. It seems like on this adventure, you've just had a hard time fitting into anywhere. <laughs> look at her. She's huge. That's what I'm Can saying. I, is he up high? Yes. I would like to like fake knock him off and then catch him. <clears throat> I want you to go ahead and make a performance check. Oh, I got that. Ten. Ten. You go to fake knock him off, mm. and he's a. I, accident I do knock him off. He's a he's a skittish kid. He like jumps under your the your like arm kind of pushing. And he has like a, almost like a garroting wire that he pulls out, just out of like habit of living on the street for so long, wraps it around your hand. I need you to make a grappling check. Oh no. Did he roll a nat 20? <laughs> no. Oh. That's 11 for him. That's a nine for me. So he grabs it and you're kind of like pushing forward. So you're on one foot step. He grabs the side of your wrist and gives you a little bit of like a pull. It's not enough to like pull you off the side, but it was like, a, it's almost like when uh, a small dog kind of like bites back as he goes, <clears throat> you're lucky I'm not bigger. Can you, you guys knock it off? Can you just stop being a coward? 
Can you stop Please. bullying me? Can you both okay, stop? I'll we gotta stop get out of here. You if you stop being a coward. Deal. Jesus, man. Deal? You know, I'm. Oh, you guys are ridiculous. Deal. Atlas never causes this much issue. I want you to make, oh. a, make a charisma roll. Me? Yes. A While persuasion. Fighting, can I oh, just I got persuasion. Yeah. Go into the, okay. 22. Yeah. I saw that was a joke. But if you try and push me off again, I'm either going to steal from you or I'm going to push you off. Okay. You can't well, throw your weight around. Why do people always take my size against me? Because you're and giant. And I'm going to stomp into the room. So, Clive, you're the first one in the room. And when you go in, you see that the blue energy is coming from where the eyes are. And the eyes of this, of this statue look straight down at the circle below. You would, if there wasn't, if there was no blue energy kind of like going back and forth in front of these eyes, you wouldn't even know there was something there. There's just a very thin veil of uh, almost glass-like crystal that goes from, like covers the eye itself. There are a lot of like old um, script and various, uh, there's, there's some like faint lights within but nothing like that's bright enough to light the interior the other thing is the interior is made completely of gold um so Sisa is kind of like oh as he comes in um Clive I as you look down will you like as you're looking at this energy because the rest is like other than like the facades of art is pretty plain will you please make a, uh, I think it's a charisma roll here. Charisma? Yep. DC 12. 18. As you look in, you blink, close your eyes, and when you open, what you see, like moments before you closed your eyes and blinked, you saw just all of the pillows down at the bottom, the dead bodies, no one there on the big pillow that you moved. When you open your eyes, you see 12 members, all dressed in sacrimonial robes. It's white with stripes of gray. The, uh, the, the shoulders kind of curve up with these kind of like yellow pads. There are many with prosthetics um, and they all seem to be sitting in a circle and they're all about the same size as all the dead people you saw. But as you're looking through these eyes, you are seeing something that's very much alive. There's an incense kind of going in the middle. And McKenna walks in, which kind of shakes you from it, and you look back. Uh, What'd you was, see? It was like I was looking in almost into the, the past of the room. I, How'd you, you do that? You, you look. I looked through these eyes. I looked through the this glass, and all of a sudden, the room downstairs, there there was people in it. The bodies were gone. I'm gonna do the same thing. McKenna. When he explains what he saw, you get a hunch of what this is, mm -hmm. and you walk up and you do the same thing. Well, you can. Sorry, while she's doing that, Clive's gonna like 
peek his head out just to check to see if it's still empty because uh, he, he's like yeah no he's it's like freaking out right now it's still empty uh seesaw's taken to like chipping away some of the gold <laughs> um and mckenna you look in and will you make a charisma roll please what is a 10 okay when you look in you see exactly what Clive described. At some point, Clive, would you come back over and look in? Because McKenna, you see her as fixated as you. Yeah, so after he goes back to look to, and see if the, the room is still empty or, or it's full, he's like thinking to himself, this, this doesn't make any sense. I could have sworn we just came from this room. It was empty, but I saw people through the glass. I need to figure out what's going on. And he goes back over to McKenna and starts looking through the glass with her. Yeah, so you start looking in. Um, not only do visions start to come up, like what you're, but it's like purely what you're looking through. Yeah. There's also sounds. And you start to hear like this like faint, like almost like choral music, just kind of um. There seems to be some sort of ceremony. All of the figures move from like being seated and you get this is like the transition of almost like some scene of the past to like another scene where you see four members they are talking quietly amongst themselves you just can hear whispers <laughs> there is the light of the brazier it's a warm fire glow and you hear these large footsteps <laughs> and you see a loxodon enter he you're assuming is a he because of his he's easily like a size and a half larger than McKenna and he has these like grandfatherly eyes and an easy smile walks up gives each of the four members a hug he's dressed very similarly and that's when you notice that they all have the necklace um, and he's holding a pair of necklaces you see two people walking behind him and it breaks into some sort of like a welcoming ceremony where it ends with like uh, some consumption of food and then a handing out of the necklaces. And there's this, um, it changes to another scene where they're all, it fills out to like all of the members again. Um, and this time you see what you assume to be Mr. Acker or the Sunmaker sitting there at the center of, on the big pillow and in a deep kind of gravelly voice my friends my family long have I worked to bring Nanoi to fruition long have I given up the fruits of my labor for you you who are looking to change the future, not just for the cause of the way, but for all sentient beings born under the tyranny of the governments, the Federation. There is a just cause for all of you being here. There is a just cause for joining as we seek to make history. None of you know my past, and yet you trust me. I ask, for you believe in the way, 
do you trust me to perform the miracles of the path? There is this kind of like a, a yes. He unfolds a white cloth and hands out a series of guns to each person. They all look at it. Then, next month marks the fifth year of Ninoy's running. Next year, I and you will be reborn elsewhere, and we will begin the path. We will bring about the signs that will herald a change. Think about my offer. I do not wish to take you away from your family, your children, your wives and husbands, if you do not truly believe in this cause. But for those of you that do, then next month, we journey down a path that everyone said is the end. Next month is the end and the beginning. Think on my words. And again, there's food that's broken. That memory or vision kind of fades away. There is uh, another vision that kind of comes in and you see the Sunmaker, Mr. Akram, dressed more in suits this time, walking around as if he's reminiscing on something just beautiful. Like there's like a sadness as he's looking about. There's a single tear that kind of comes down an eye. His trunk kind of lifts up and catches it, holds it, and watches as a single drop falls to the ground. A darker figure dressed in brown robes walks out and it's some sort of a tiefling, um, scaled. Are you sure that I cannot come with you? No. Someone must watch over. I born this... This city. I have a responsibility. As well as if things should fail, you will have the information to pass on our noble quest. But I don't want to stay, but you are my most loyal servant. And so you will, won't you, Gorn? Yes, I will. Good, good. I will miss you, but I will return, I promise. And when I do, I will have the full weight of the Federation behind me. All of your friends will return and you will be a hero for protecting this sacred place, for protecting the Christasis Shard. I trust you and I trust you to protect where we first made landfall. I will, I will with the bottom of my heart, I swear it. You are my liege lord. You are the reckoning for all of those who came and stole from us. Not me, the path. The path, yes. As for your ship, I will keep it secret at the equator to myself. None will know about it. 
Good. Good. I trust you, Gorn. And I hope that you trust me fully. And then the scene changes again. They fade away. And you see the circle. The figures are all sitting kind of around again. This time they're holding the weapons. They pull the guns up to their mouth as uh, the Sunmaker also is holding a gun in his own hand. And he says, fear not. This is but the beginning. When you awaken, you will not be in a dream. It will not be fake. I will not look the same, and neither will you. But in our current state, we will never be accepted, and we will never be able to change the way things are done. The path lives on through you and I, and it will see us through. Then uh, he gives a nod, and you watch as one by one, the figures start shooting themselves in the head. Just It gets to the last person, the 12th. This figure is small, pulls back a hood, and you see that it's a gray, bulbous-eyed um, mouth, kind of in a frown. And you see its hands twitching. Clive, you're the only one that can really understand this. But it seems to convey uncertainty. It also conveys how Mr. Akram could know this, like for certain, which the Sunmaker, he, he denies that he can know it for certain. Well, the Grey then asks for confirmation. Maybe if it could see the Christos shard itself, maybe then it could know. The Sunmaker shakes his head and says that it's a secret that not even most Loxodons would get to know, not even most bears of the path would get to see, that you would just have to trust him. The figure, the Grey, asks about the rebirth, about where it will be. And the Sunmaker just says, I cannot tell you more. For what if I die and you take our secret? That, that information is safe with my servants. Now, I show you the path of bravery, Holst. He raises the gun to his mouth and shoots himself. And Holst Holst does not shoot herself. You watch as there's like this moment where Holst raises a shaking hand, the weapon shaking, you can hear the metal rattling. Drops the weapon, looks about. And then the memory fades. And when the memory, when the next scene kind of comes back, you see Holst returning dressed in some sort of like uh, business, probably politician's clothes that Speaker Holst would have. And with her, there is a shorter cowled figure. I need you both to go ahead and make a perception check to see if you can see the face. Five. You guys are not able to make out the face. 
squat and short, they set to work. This short figure is carrying some sort of a blade and starts hacking away at the trunk of Mr. Ackham's body until it, in the gory mess, it pulls it off. Jeez. Holst then kind of signs to the person and says, we must find the Sunmaker's secret. We must find the shards. And we must learn of the truth of this. The figure speaks back in kind of a uh, raspy breath. Yeah, and we will. But for now, why don't we we focus? We got the trunk, the code. We'll get to it. But for now, the house is in our hands. <laughs> and um, can I do a history check on that voice? Yes, you can. Um, ten. You do not recognize the voice. And just as as if it's like kind of pulling you out of it, there's the tink, 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 as Seesaw's etching off the gold, which pulls you guys kind of out of the vision. You look back at Seesaw, who's like getting like a small handful, and he comes up to you like, what? As he raises another hand, and as he hits it, there is a massive explosion of... <laughs> and the sound of rubble falling from somewhere far off. And I think that's probably where we should probably call it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Guys, thank you for joining for this episode of Starlight. The strangeness is coming. Who is the Sunmaker? Where is the Sunmaker? And most of all, we hope that you have happy holidays. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> what just happened? What? He just died? And Speaker Holes cut his Holes. trunk off? And that she didn't kill herself? That bastard. He betrayed them. Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers.